0: Foundations.
1: And they went into exile and they didn't become a sovereign nation again in their own right until May 14, 1948. Mm. They were always under the sovereign rule of an occupying force. They never had their own sovereignty again.
0: Foundations. Understanding the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. With Robbo Robinson and Mandy Warby. Over the next couple of programs, we're going to look at the word Christ. Many Christians know that the word Christ means anointed. Mm-hmm. Some people think that Christ is just Jesus's surname, <laughs> no, which is uh, maybe not quite the case. <laughs> but it's not quite so simple as that. Uh, we're going to explore that uh, some more today on foundations.
1: I think for many Christians that might sound a little bit hard to believe, but there are a lot of people who actually think that Jesus is his first name and Christ is his surname. That's true, um, even even though it's it's a title. And you're right, most of us would know that it actually means anointed. Um, the word Christ is um, the Greek word that uh, means Christos. And the Hebrew equivalent of that is Mashiach. And Mashiach means the anointed one or the Messiah. Mm. So that's what it means. But <clears throat> if you look at the meaning of the word Culturally, and how it actually played out in ancient Israel, you understand it's actually more than that. It's more encompassing than an anointed one. Um, Historically, if a person was anointed in ancient Israel, it meant that they had sacred oil poured on their heads. Now, and this was a signifying um, demonstration that God had singly pointed out, or chosen this person for a particular um, function or role Now sometimes it would be priests Well any time a new priest came Yes they had to be anointed and made holy set apart On rare occasions it would be for um, a prophet Not common, only rare occasions But typically when someone was anointed with oil in ancient Israel It was that because they were a king mm. So you might say, okay, well, occasionally it might have been them or it might have been for them maybe once or twice. But everybody knew that if you were anointed with oil, you were being set apart as king. Mm. That happened to Saul and it happened to David. And so that is what people knew. So now we could turn around and say, okay, well, so it means that he's the anointed one. Um, He is the Messiah. And therefore, okay, he was a king, but I want to actually unpack what it meant to be a king over um, uh, this program and in the next one as well to show you how Christ is the fulfillment of this. It's really quite amazing. Now, you remember, we've, we've mentioned before how there was the time when uh, David, he was anointed as a king to be the next king of Israel when he was just a teenager. That's
0: right, yes, he was just a young guy.
1: Yeah, he was just a you know, whippersnapper. And his older brother was saying, you little punk, what are you doing here by <laughs> the battle? Where are the sheep? You know, you, yeah. You're slacking on the job. He was just a teenager. Uh, but he had been anointed to be the next future king of Israel. So then when you jump forward a few years, David's hiding in the cave and King Saul comes in to relieve himself, David sneaks up as we've read before, cuts off the hem of his garment, which is a questioning of his authority mm. and his and his his guys are saying this is your chance. That's You've right. been anointed to be king. You've been set apart. Now's the chance. Take mm. the throne.
0: God's delivered him into your hands.
1: Yeah. But David was regretful that he'd been disrespectful, um, cutting off his robe. And he says, no. He said, and, and in David's mind, yes, I've been anointed to be the next king of Israel. But Saul was equally mm. anointed. And so it was wrong of him to try to usurp that. All, thing in, all things in God's timing. So David was very uh, conscious of that. Now the other thing about being a king is also that it holds for us, we look at Jesus, again there's this Greek mindset against the Hebrew mindset which is very literal, physical and physical, practical. The Greek mindset is that it's all spiritual, analytical. So yes he's a king but he is a spiritual king. You know, And we um, forget that we're talking about a real kingdom. Now, Jesus Christ is coming back as a king, but is he coming back to a physical throne or is it just a spiritual one? Again, we mentioned in previous programs about um, the prophecies that Jacob had for his sons. In Genesis forty nine ten. he said the scepter, what was the scepter? It was the sign of authority that a king had mm. The scepter shall not depart from Judah, that's Israel, nor the ruler's staff, that's talking about a sovereign ruler, from between his feet until Shiloh comes. And to him, that is, Shiloh, when Shiloh comes, the Messiah, shall be the obedience of the people. So who do a national people obey? They obey their sovereign. They obey a monarch. Mm. So it's talking about a king here. And the Jewish religious leaders at the time of Jesus' ministry, they were they were expecting Messiah to come as a king mm. to overthrow the Romans and establish a kingdom from yeah. Jerusalem that would actually be throughout the whole earth. He would finally bring peace and full redemption. They were anticipating a king.
0: Even the disciples were, weren't they? Because they asked they him, are you going to establish your kingdom now? Is, exactly. it, is it now? Yeah, yeah, are you yeah, going to take up We're hanging up the on throne? this, Lord.
1: Yeah, they, that's exactly right. And so we're talking about a physical, literal kingdom. And th- the thing is, is that God promised that David's throne would be eternal. And after Solomon actually if you read about Solomon Solomon was the wisest you know uh, the wisest king and he had um, an era of absolute peace you know Solomon never went to war during his mm-hmm. reign it was a it was a magnificent time in Israel's history and God promised that he promised David and you can read it in 1 Chronicles 7 11 to 14 where he says to David that I'm going to promise that there will be an eternal kingdom of which there will be no end. It will be forever and it will be from you, David, in your line. But when you look at Solomon, Solomon actually went became apostate at the end of his life. Solomon did three things that God told um, kings were not to do. And you can read about in Deuteronomy 17, 16 to 17, where God told the people, this is Moses telling the people, that when they had kings, this is what kings were not to do. They were not to acquire... Too much wealth for themselves, personal wealth. They were not to hoard horses because that was like acquiring your own private army. And they were not to acquire too many wives. Then you look at Solomon Mm -hmm. and Solomon is known for his famed Solomon stables. He had that many horses because it was like a private army. Um, He had mega wealth. And the silly man had around a 1,000 wives. (laughs) What was he thinking? You know, 700 wives, 300 concubines, 700 wives, and most of them were foreign. Mm. And they all retained their paganness. And towards the end of his life, he actually, to appease them and keep them happy, had all these pagan you know, shrines and temples and high places of worship established and he even fell into it in his old age. He mm. was seduced by his wives and that was the very thing God warned. He said, don't have too many wives, <laughs> yeah. especially foreign wives. And so uh, you read about Solomon's life, he became apostate at the end. Now, how could somebody endowed with the kind of wisdom he had be so foolish? Mm. That kind of is hard to get your head around. But the thing is, after Solomon, his son... Rehoboam took the throne and it was during his reign very early on that the kingdom split and the 10 northern tribes that was the kingdom of Israel Judah was in the south and that was basically the end of the davidic line of kings until they went into the babylonian exile cuz you know the the northern kingdom i think they lasted around 210 years or something like that and the southern kingdom lasted about 350 years and they went into exile and they didn't become a sovereign nation again in their own right until May 14, 1948. Mm. From the time of the Babylonian exile when they were turned they were always under the sovereign rule of an occupying force. They never had their own sovereignty again until May 14, 1948, and they don't have a king. They Mm. have an elected official. So when it talks about when Shiloh comes and he's going to have this eternal rule, that's talking about a Messiah who's going to come as a physical king to rule a physical kingdom in a physical nation. That has yet to come.
0: So we're going to learn more about this in the next program, getting a more complete understanding of what Christ means and why it is so incredibly significant. That's next time on Foundations.